Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. It's the 98th time we've said that introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Should we come up with a new one? Um, Y'all, listen, this lesson that we're about to do today is um, so rad for a couple of reasons. It is going to start making you anticipate and look forward to the Old Testament and the Doctrine and Covenants because this section of the Book of Mormon is really where all of the standard works come spilling together. Spilling together? Can they do that? Yeah, like funneling. I love it when they do that. Okay, they can spill. I yeah. thought they wanted to funnel. They can, they can, they, it's a party. It's going to It's overflow. a gathering. This whole yeah. chapter is just overflowing. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. This chapter is what is going to make you wish you knew all standard works. It really is like, and you see how they are woven together. And you, you see like, um, I don't, I, like what someone would call the genius of 21 year old Joseph Smith and what we call like God moving and working among multiple dispensations. Uh, So um, it really has got us pumped for next year. It's on the horizon. It's sooner than we think. Uh, Doctrine and Covenants here. For more reason than one, we're excited for 2021. (laughs) Do you want me to list all the reasons? Uh, We can't wait for 2021. (laughs) New Year, is that's going to be the best New Year's kiss of my life. Okay, because it's sayonara to the old year. Yeah, Jenny, pucker up, girl, Um, because I'm ready to say goodbye to this year. Um, We're we're in October. Well, it's close. It feels close. Fall has come. Um, by the time you watch this, General Conference will have passed. Um, we're, we are so excited to think about oh, um, General Conference. What will be there that's sweet to the soul? I did just hear the other day someone was like, "Do you ever feel like 2020 makes you need a heart surgeon?" And I thought to myself, oh, we, have "We have one. one. <laughs> we're so lucky, y'all. We're about to get CPR. Well, you got it already. By the time you watch this, um, so." Here is the, here's the, is that my tumbler? Oh, we will not talk about that. <laughs> I just saw that. Your drink, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, but next year, we're ready to like rock and roll, um, getting exciting, super rad stuff that we've had up our sleeves that we've kept a secret from you. So fun. Um, so many fun things. Like not just one, you guys. It's like Christmas. Yeah, we are early. gonna have Christmas early. Yes. Uh, we were, cause we were ready, because we were ready. So make sure you are subscribed to our newsletter because you will have first access to yeah. all of the we fun We love doing things. that. Everyone who's on our newsletter, we just love giving you a full week ahead of what anybody else knows. So if you're not signed up, if you're new to us, welcome. You can Hello. join the newsletter. Yeah. Uh, should we say where? Yeah. Yep. Okay. okay. Go. Mm. W-W-W. Why did I just say that? EmilyBellFreeman.com. Bell has an E at the end. Everyone, make sure you do that. And it will take you right to a webpage where you can sign up for our newsletter. And then the newsletter that comes out on October 12th is going to have so many fun things. You can't wait to see what they are. Yeah. So sign up to be a part of that. Um, Our little first timer, first group, exclusive (laughs) group um, on October 12th. Okay. Um, Okay. Let's jump into the chapters, right? Um, Third Nephi 20 through 26. This is still part of the Savior's ministry among um, the people there. Um, we're going to talk about big sweeping themes 
Well, not we are. Jesus is. <laughs> so since he did, we're going to. Um, but before that, you have this spot and right um, in chapter 20, 3rd Nephi chapter 20, um, that really sets up um, the purpose for the big sweeping themes, right? The big works that he's going to do in the last days are all going to have the purpose that we see happening in 3rd Nephi chapter 20. So that's kind of neat how they are, I think, connected that way. Yeah. It's like, before I teach you these big themes, first let me... Have an object lesson. Right. I love it when he does that because we want to be watching for what is what is the object in this lesson. And what's going to happen is we're going to have an experience just like what happened in the New Testament when we um, saw John 6, when he feeds the 5,000. And we see it again in Mark, right? Yeah, Mark 8. eight. Um, where he's going to feed everybody who's there. And I love when it says, um, the, at chapter 20 in the heading, Jesus provides bread and wine miraculously. And that's one of the things you want to be watching for is how is he going to provide miraculously in the events that we're about to talk about in our time right now in 2020, how is he providing miraculously? And don't you love the thought of that? One time I came home from a trip. And we had had all these amazing things happen. And um, I called David because I love to be like, you are not going to believe what just happened. <laughs> and I laid out all of the things that were just, you could just see God's hand just moving. And as soon as I was done telling the story, which was a really good one, he said to me, you live in a realm of miracles. <laughs> and I thought about it for a minute. And then my reply back was, well, we all do. And sometimes we forget particularly in years like this. And that's one of the things we want you to be watching for throughout this lesson is um, we should be watching in our lives every single day for a God that provides miraculously. We should expect that that would happen because we live in a realm of miracles. Yeah, and it's neat that it is the sacrament because this is the second time that he's done it. So it's almost like he's saying like, listen, what needs to undergird all of this is that I miraculously provide, but it's centered in such sacrificial love, mm. like an undying, like devotion to you. Like that's almost like the base where he's yeah. just like, when you see the emblems of his death, it is a reminder that everything I'm doing, everything I'm working toward is motivated um, by oh. sacrificial love yeah. for you. I'm, so I'm for you. I'm for you. And the third thing that you want to notice that um, it's easier to notice, just like David was talking about earlier, when you look at the other um, John 6 and Mark 8, there's one word that's really interesting that's in all of them. Um, and we see it in verse 8 um, and then in verse 9. It says, um, he's, he tells them, if you eat of this bread and you eat, you eat of my body, and he that drinketh of this wine drinketh of my blood to his soul, and his soul shall never hunger nor thirst, but shall be filled. Now when the multitude had all eaten and drunk, behold, they were filled with the Spirit. And that word filled is really important because what we're going to talk about in these upcoming chapters is fullness. It's, it is the Father's fullness. It's the best the Father has to give to his children. And so you see three things in this object lesson. You see that Jesus can provide miraculously. You see um, that there is something about his sacrificial love that motivates everything that's about to happen. 
And then you see that, that everyone's going to um, experience a fullness. In John 6, it tells us they ate everyone until they were filled. Um, that's just is a principle that comes yeah. with believing in Jesus. He wants to fill you. That's what happens. And I love, we wrote up on the board. Oh, we didn't show the board. We will right now. Um, I love when you look at the board, some of the words that have to do with that um, fullness is, or that being filled is blessed and broken and give. Um, and and just that, that thought that you will never hunger and you will never thirst. But it, it isn't just physical that he's talking about. It's also this, um, I love the thought of this soul being filled. Mm -hmm. But it's your, your body and your spirit. It's all of you. That's what he wants to fill. And there's, I was talking to um, a friend of mine today about um, Everyone, this. you tell about your friend because we forgot to plug in the computer. I'm going to go get the cord. Oh, you keep okay. teaching. I'll keep talking about the friend. You guys, it's my dream to just come center stage by myself. Um, okay, I was talking to him at lunch uh, today, and we were talking about he's newly married. And we were just kind of talking about how um, when you come into a new marriage, it is, it's in, intense. Like it, you've never experienced it before. You're, you're, um, you're learning to put you know, the relationship above yourself. You're learning to sacrifice. You're learning to be selfless. And that can be so draining because by nature we can be um, so selfish and it's so hard and it kind of goes against the grain a little bit, you know? And I just thought it was interesting that um, we as, as Christians have this opportunity every single week to be refilled um, by, by him, right? By that sacrificial love. Because it's interesting that when we remember every single week that um, someone was willing to give up everything for us, that someone was willing to lay down um, everything um, with, with no expectation in return, like that gives you sort of the energy to then be able to like, like love begets love, you know? Like mm -hmm. to be so loved then all of a sudden you are filled. It's like a, it's like a refill. Like my engine, like my, I've now been refilled to be able to do God's work in yeah. the world because. Um, and it's interesting that's too to, to realize love does require some sort of sacrifice. Yeah, and it's hard, mm. and that's draining to to practice sacrificial love. But to experience it happening to you. God loving you with such a intense at such an intense cost, I think that strengthens me, encourages me to then do it for other people. Ooh, that's so good, you know, and so true. So I mean, that's like the value of the sacrament. When he's like, "Eat this bread, drink this wine," he's like, "Ingest love into you. Like, drink deeply of mm. the love that I have to offer for you." Like, I I want to leave, and they say somewhere in here, when oh nine. When they'd all eaten and drunk, they were filled with the Spirit. And then it says, they did cry out with one vo voice and gave glory to Jesus. Like, I just feel like I do want to end each sacrament meeting just saying, You're, you are so good to me. Yeah. I give you glory. I was having a conversation with a friend this week, another friend, and he said to me, I just don't deserve that kind of love. And I said, oh, and isn't God so good that he's still willing to give it anyways? And, and sometimes you want to be like, and none of us do, right. really, for how good God really is. Yeah. None of us do, and He does it anyway. Yeah. So let's that let's let that be another indication of how yeah. good He is. You're like, oh, yeah. He loves 
undes like undeserved yeah. people and say, you're so good. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Glory. I feel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So we love that getting in. We love that thought of watching that, um, that fullness, this preparation for the fullness. And we're going to go from that into this gathering. Um, he's going to talk to them about this fullness. This is what you have right now. This is not just for you. This is for everyone. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting because I had a couple friends come over. They were talking about going back to church again. And um, just, is it going to be hard? And are people going to come back to church? And why are we going back to church? Because I can get what I need um, at home. I feel like I'm getting that. And um, one of my friends talked about, I just, I feel this connection right here that is like this so strong. And I'm studying my scriptures and I'm doing the things that I need to be doing. And I, I feel it really strong. Like 2020 had been good in that way. And he was like, I, I need to figure out the going back to church. And it was so interesting because we talked about the two great commandments, the first of which is love God, right? And that's something we have been able to practice really intimately in 2020. That has been a gift of 2020 because we, we have loved God with just our family group or, or just as individuals or as couples, if that is how your Sundays look. We've had that opportunity to have a really intimate love of God on the Sabbath. But the second commandment is love people. And I think about love God goes this way for me, but love people goes this way for me. And we talked about, my friends and I, what does kingdom community look like? Um, how does that feel? And, and what is it that I am going to bring because I feel this, like what you're talking about, because I have experienced this, how do I um, influence my kingdom community now? What do I bring into that situation? Because God is all about an individual relationship. We know that Jesus Christ meets us where we are, as we are, but he is also about the gathering. Yeah. That he loves to talk about it. And there is something about the gathering that is important. And, and some of that I feel like is that kingdom community. It's yeah. just learning to lift and build and, and um, establish and all of those things. And those are some of my favorite words when I was reading um, through this um, in section 20, 13 through 25. There were a couple of words that I loved. I love that it talks about go get the remnants, right? Don't pick the people who it's easy to gather. Go out and get the remnants. Bring in everybody. Go to all four quarters. Go to the north and the east and the west and the south. And like there's no boundary on your love, on who can be welcome here. There's no boundary on belonging. Um, you know, that thought of just come as you are. But I love as as he's talking to them about what this gathering is going to look like, he, he uses words like this. I will redeem you. I will keep my promises to you. I will protect you from the enemy. I will establish you. And I love um, at the very end of section 20 um, that he tells them, I will be in your midst while I'm doing that. Maybe that's in 21. Yeah, 21, 29. I love when he talks about, I will go before you. I will be in the midst of you. I think he says it in 20 somewhere too. Oh, he does. 20 verse 42 um, you will not go out with haste, nor go by flight, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel shall be your rearward. And I just love the thought that hints so much to the Old Testament, like what you were talking about. That's mm -hmm. such phrasing that would have been used with the Exodus and, and with Moses and his people. And I love it. He's like, I'm still the same God. I'm the God of Moses. I'm the God that did go before and came 
behind. I'm still that God. I'm the one who is in your midst. That's who I am. And just the reminder of that as we get into this um, gathering and even as we go down into this part. Yeah. Uh, if you remember back to when we started the year and we looked at the, the title page of the Book of Mormon, this section right here is really kind of the fulfillment of the title page, the Book of Mormon, at least in great explanation. If you remember on the title page, that second paragraph, it says, this record is to show the remnant of the house of Israel, the great things the Lord has done for their fathers, and that they may know that the covenants of the Lord, that they are not cast off forever, that Jesus the Christ will manifest himself unto all nations. That it was like this book is going to be a record and a proving uh, that God will end up keeping his covenants. He is not going to give up on his children. And the gathering is evidence of that. And it's the fulfillment of these ancient promises that God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if you look in that chapter 20, verse 26 and 27, that's when he's, 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 he uses super um, Old Testament code language. The book, like right here, um, when Mormon puts it together, when Jesus says it, he assumes you know the Old Testament. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he says, um, you are the children of the covenant. And it is through you, in verse 27, that all the kindreds and nations of the earth are going to be blessed. Mm -hmm. Just like I've filled you and gathered you in, I now need you to take that rescue to the rest of the world. Yep. And you love, again, this word of the pouring out of the Holy Ghost. I, it really is. You, you did so good picking the words at the beginning because it's just this overflowing of all of this coming. And don't worry if you don't feel like you know the Old Testament well because guess what, everyone? In two years... You are gonna <laughs> love the Old Testament. And then when you read this again, you'll be like, oh yeah, now I, I see that. Well, um, what's neat is what the Old Testament will do is it will tell you what the promises actually are. And then Jesus right here, quoting Isaiah, quoting Malachi, and expounding himself is going to give you the timeline of it. Yeah. Here are the promises in the Old Testament. He assumes you know them, right? And then he says, okay, now let me show show you how this is all going to play out. Yeah. And he gives a timeline here. Oh, it's so good. And I love when he's going to talk about, let me show you the sign of when these promises and when these covenants and when everything is going to be fulfilled. Like the fullness is coming. And Yeah, so this is, I mean, he's speaking this in 34 AD, right? Which is uh, 2,000 years ago. ago. <laughs> yeah, I remember when Susan made, Susan, remember when you made fun of my math? Okay, 2,000, I got it. Um, he is going to say this, 21 verse 1 through 7. He just kind of goes on a tangent. Don't be sad. Um, he says, I'm going to give you a sign when to know that these things, this great gathering, this blessing of all nations, this, this fulfilling of that covenant, let me tell you when they're going to happen. He says this, when these words that I'm speaking to you right now go out into the world, that's a sign that the great gathering and the great fulfilling and the great pouring out are about to just go into fourth gear, right? He says, when these pages come off the grand impress, mm -hmm. you can take that as a sign, um, buckle up, because we're a, we're, God's about to fulfill 4,000-year-old promises in great abundance yep. right now. And you now. see it in that verse 1 and in verse 7. And then if you want to just watch it like unfold... 
the domino. That's what yeah, we called it earlier. Effect. We were just like, yeah. the Book of Mormon comes off the press. And then, now watch what happens yeah. like after that. And it's 3rd Nephi 21 is where you want to look. 22 through like 29. Because this is what he says in verse 22. First, I'm going to establish my church. That's what's going to happen. After the Book of Mormon, I will establish my church. And um, also a covenant relationship, which you love. He's going to bring back that covenant relationship that will be restored. And the remnant of Jacob and as many of the house of Israel shall come and they're going to build a city. And that's going to be the new Jerusalem. And then they're going to gather all the people in who have been scattered everywhere upon the face of the earth and the power of heaven will come down upon them and I will be in their midst. Um, and it talks about then the 10 tribes which have been lost. So that's different than the other gathering. Then there is the 10 tribes which are actually lost that are going to be gathered in. Um, they'll come back to the new Jerusalem. And then you love in verse 29. Um, well, you love in 28, first of all. He's 27 and 28, where he's like, I'm going to prepare the way for this. Like this might feel really big to you, um, but I, I know what to do. I know how to prepare the way for this. And you love in 29 when he says, you're not going to go out in haste nor go by flight for I will go before them, saith the father, and I will be their rearward. So we see that again, that he's just like, I'm going to be in this with you. None of this you have to do by yourself. And I love as we think about that restoration process, um, how you see that. It'd be fun to go to the New Jerusalem from here. And oh, then, I absolutely think back? so. Yeah, well, and I think we can just do a passing mention to Malachi, which okay. is just this. There, remember, he's going to also quote the prophet Malachi here. And, and there's going to be these promises. Malachi is the last prophet of the Old Testament. And all of these promises that were made um, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob you know, to the children of Israel are not fulfilled when the Old Testament ends. They, the Old Testament ends like a cliffhanger. There's these dangling promises. And it ends, you remember, with the Lord saying, before that great and dreadful day of the Lord, I will send a messenger. And the work that he will do will turn us to each other. Mm. And it will begin to like really start to bring everybody all together. I mean, You've heard of those before, and we'll go into them another time um, next year. We'll really dig into those promises. But it's just neat that he's saying, you see, Isaiah's been saying it. Malachi, I'm saying it. This yeah. is how it's all going to play out. And it's out. all still true. Yeah. And it, it didn't end. Like, this is this is still things to look forward to, which I love. We need things to look forward to. Um, that's what we love about this new Jerusalem. We put you a couple places where you can read about the new Jerusalem. This is actually something you might love to study. I, I do. I love studying about the New Jerusalem. And if you just go to the topical guide and do a search, one thing um, we were talking about is we live in such a weird time right now because it's 2020, first of all, but because there just is a lot of upheaval happening everywhere. Um, I was looking at the um, trending, what was trending the most searched news stories like three days ago. And it was so interesting because Seriously, someone could have just made a list of the signs of the times. That's what it felt like. You know when you were in Sunday school and they're like, okay, list the signs of the times and you start writing them. And I was like, it's this. It was talking about weather upheavals and um, fires and um, just the unrest in so many places. And it wanted to talk about um, obviously the pandemic and um, there, there were conversations about rights, people's rights and what you could and couldn't do. And I was like, this is so funny because I would have listed this as 
um, the signs of the times mm. when you look at it and, and we're in it. Like we feel it. We, we feel all of those things happening, which is not a bad thing. Um, we kind of talked about what the Lord tells us in scripture that it's just like a, a mom who's about to deliver a baby. If you talk to your friend who is pregnant in her ninth month and you're like, when is the baby coming? The mom will tell you every time. I don't know unless she's been scheduled for an induction, but, but I can tell it's close. She'll tell you, I can, I can feel it. There are just signs in me that I know it's like, it's coming. And some of them unpleasant. Yes. I can't sleep. I'm like, right. you know, it's moving. I feel hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's all those, it's uncomfortable. Um, it, you, you feel that like it's time for a change. And you also sense like, a, oh, there's going to be a painful process, yes. like ahead of me. <laughs> yes. Like there's like, like yeah, I know. You guys, <laughs> just, these are Jenny's words. <laughs> yes. But you are doing a great job. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, you feel it. Like there's no question. And the truth is, let's be honest, the husband suffers as well, not as personally, but you're like, you're in it. You're experiencing all those things. And we all kind of feel that, but we were talking about too. Um, you also have like painted the nursery and you've bought a quilt and you have like clothes that you've put out and, and you're ready. And every time you walk in that room, there's just that little bit of excitement. And I was thinking to myself the other day, the Lord is not just going to give us the bad things, the delivery, the, you know, all the pain and, and all of that. We're not just going to sit in that. He's also wants to say, but here's what you have to look forward to. Like, here's where you can go for a breath of, it's going to be good. Like, it's going to be so good. And every time the new Jerusalem comes up, it's almost as if it's that walking into the nursery and being like, oh yeah, I do want to do this. Yeah. Even though it's going to be hard and it might be painful and it may require more out of me than I've ever given before. Sacrifice Sac and obedience yeah. and consecration. Love. And it'll, it'll like... Yeah, all of those things. But I can tell it's going to be good. And as you think about the New Jerusalem, you'll get a hint of that goodness here. Um, also, if you study the New Jerusalem. But I just want to point out a couple things in chapter 22 along with that New Jerusalem part that I love so much because he says this... Um, in verse six, the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, right? We're just talking about that. It's, it's that moment. And um, for a small moment, I have forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath, I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee. And my kindness in verse 10 shall not depart from thee. Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord, that has mercy on thee. And I just love when he's like, O thou afflicted, tossed with tempests and not comforted. Behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors and lay thy foundations with sapphires. That is New Jerusalem language. Yeah. That's code for New Jerusalem. If you start studying it and he's going to talk about it's going to be a place where all the children are taught of the Lord. And there's going to be great peace there and you're not going to have oppression and there's not going to be terror. Um, no weapon that is formed against thee will prosper. It's just 22 is like all of the hope you ever wanted in the world. It, it's that nursery just waiting um, for the hard things. And sometimes I think, especially in years like 2020, we just need the reminder of there's good, there's good things. Yeah. I'm going to prepare the way. I will provide miraculously. 
um, for you. And we might have to go through some hard things, but there's good things. In yeah. It. And he kind of in that 2216 talks about like that, you know, the, the Smith that bloweth the coals, yes, I you love know, that and it's part. almost like, yes, that wind has like in, inflamed up in you and, and it is going to require a sanctification and like a travail, yep. you know, to like and refining. To birth I mean, this, you know, so to like talking about that refining process that we're going to have to go through. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's beautiful. Like, um, I mean, it's interesting to think after seven months of kind of going through 2020 to just think about like, oh, the person that I've become like through yeah. all of this, you look back and you're like, oh, I don't think I could have become this without all of that. Yeah. That's like so it, it, true. It needed that, you know, to even happen. Yeah. So, and it, and it goes right into this little yeah, thing yeah. here that I just love because sometimes we're going to be in that refining and the hard things, but we love where he says in 35, 26, 9, just right at the very end, if it shall so be that they shall believe these things, then shall the greater things be made manifest unto them. And you just think about those pages at the end um, of these journals and how we've been trying to watch for those greater things and hopefully watching for them and listing them over this past year has actually made you realize, okay, God is capable of really amazing things not just in the pages of scripture, but actually in our own life. And just taking a minute, and maybe you will, to go back through your journal right now and think, what are the greater things that we've seen, both in the pages of scripture, but also like in 2020? What are the greater things? Yeah, and if you feel like um, you haven't, there's this spot at the bottom where mm -hmm. there's just this funny thing that happens, um, but not funny at all, um, <laughs> where Jesus says to Nephi, Hey, remember, this is in chapter 23, 9 through 14. He says, remember when I told Helaman to prophesy that all these saints would be like resurrected when I manifested myself? Remember when I told him that and he said it and it happened? And Nephi's like, yeah, it did happen. And he's like, well, how come no one wrote that down? Like, that's kind of cool. Don't you think that I, that I told him and he said it from the wall and then 30 years later, it actually happened? Like, that's kind of neat. And he's like, that's true. He's like, will you go back and edit that? And then yeah, so when you read the book of, yeah. So they actually went and wrote it, but it's really cool because it's just an evidence to them that the promises I've made are actually going to come to pass. And it's almost like Jesus is saying, I need you to know that. I need you to see it in these little ways yeah. so that you believe that these greater things are actually going to happen. And to, it's like to believe that like he can take the world as it looks right now and turn it into mm. the new Jerusalem. Yes. He's like, oh, you've got to wait. believe that he can do that. Yeah. And I you know? love that he's like, sometimes you're going to forget. Even we are in our own lives. Like I can remember after a really significant moment in my life, my dad saying to me, you need to sit down and write that down. And in fact, he was so adamant about it. He was like, give me a copy of it when you've done <laughs> it. And so it was like homework. And I did. And it's interesting because I actually found that document. I had printed it off. It was years ago, years. 21 years ago, actually, to be exact. And I found that little piece of paper and started reading through it. And I, there were some things on there that I was like, I mean, I think I remember that entire experience in my mind. But when I read through, I was like, oh, there are some sweet moments in here that I had forgotten happened. Mm. That's what 21 years does to you, everyone. And so just to remember... Um, the other thing we love from this is there are just a couple really great scripture study tips, and maybe that's where we'll end. Yeah, just it's in just, that same chapter there. Yeah. yeah, 23, if you look at it, he starts talking about, I mean, he has just quoted Isaiah, 
and the timeline that Isaiah gives. And it's fun that Jesus puts it in the right order because Isaiah like is way out of order. Um, and then he just says this, a couple tips, like 23.1. He says, you really ought to search these things um, and search them diligently. Um, what a great scripture study tip. Particularly, I would say his words because he gives us something to anticipate and look forward to. And he's just like, look through them diligently so that you have like hope beating in your heart. Yep. Um, I love in verse four and then in verse five, right next to each other, he talks us to give heed and also to hearken. And um, for me, give heed is just like, pay attention. Like don't, don't just read. Make sure you're like, things are jumping out at you when you read. And then hearken, remember, we've talked about this before and we will talk about it again when we get into the Doctrine and Covenants. It's, it's more than just listening. It actually, the word hearken tells us it requires your ears and your um, eyes and your heart and your undivided attention, which I love. Like it requires you to invest in what you're reading, which I love. And then in 26. Well, yeah, or I actually was going to say that verse 5 too. I love that he says... When you hearken, you'll repent and be baptized. Or in other words, you'll want to turn to me mm-hmm. and you'll want to enter into relationship with me. If you're reading them right, it's going to lead you um, to, to want to. Do something. To, yeah. I love that it's going to cause you to act. Right. Actually. It'll have a motivational yeah. effect on you. And, and then, it'd be fun to think about in your scripture study, when is the last time you you did read Enoch? It moved you. Yeah, it moved you. It caused you to act. You you applied what you had heard through the Spirit would be interesting. And then I love this 26 Yeah, one. yeah. Um, this is what I love about it, and you say if it's the same for you. I love when it says he did expound all things unto them, both great and small. And what I love about it is just the fact that sometimes you read something and you're like, oh, that was good. And it might cause you to go on a great study of this is what is standing out to me right now. And sometimes it's just a little thing. Like I had that experience this week where I was actually reading a bank of scriptures and it was the one verse above what I had been asked to read that it was like, this is what you need right now. That It wasn't even in the reading. It, w- it wasn't required, but it just jumped out. And I was like, oh, I actually did need that right now. And it is so small, but I was like, I'm going to write that up and put it in the laundry room because there's a hint. Put your verses on the fridge or in the laundry or the places that become the routine of your ordinary life. Put those things in your routine and they will become a part of you. And I just love that he says that. Like sometimes I'm going to expound great things to you and sometimes I'm going to give you five words in a sentence and it's still going to be good. Yeah. And then that verse six in that same one where he says not even a hundredth part of the things that that Jesus taught can be written here. Mm-hmm. It's neat to me to consider the scriptures as like the beginning of the conversation, you know, that like it initiates the conversation and he's got so much more to say, Yeah, you know, to us. And it, it's, it's an on-ramp to more thoughts, you know, more conversation, yep. more thinking. And oh, everything. That it's really just, is what the scriptures are. It's just an on-ramp right into that relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Can we end on this? We forgot my favorite verse yes, in here. Yes, we can. And it, it is this. Back in chapter 20, 35, 34, he quotes Isaiah. And this particular chapter, historically, was a chapter that moms would have read to their kids at nighttime. Especially during Isaiah's time when things were really rough. And at any day, their neighboring countries could have invaded. 
The economy was weak. They were yearning for peace. They were yearning for a king. Um, like that was just like that time period. And Isaiah had these prophecies and promises where he just says, one day um, you're going to sing together. Um, and a messenger is going to come running over the hill. And he's going to say in verse 36, wake up, wake up and put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. Shake yourself off the dust. Arise and sit down on your throne. Take those chains off of your neck. You sold yourselves, but I have bought you back. Um, mm. and, and then those verses, how beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of, 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 you know, of that messenger. And it's just neat that, he, that they would go to bed at night and say, one day, this is gonna happen. it's going to happen. Well, should we start doing that right now? Every night, I just want to be like, I just want to read that and think, in the midst of 2020, this is what you have to, to look, look forward, forward to. to. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good. Rad. Okay, you guys. Okay, we'll see you next see week. See you next week. Subscribe to that newsletter, y'all, so that you can get the fun stuff. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.